Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. And it's special because I'm joined by, and I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, listeners, but I'm going to try my best, uh, Yaron. Uh, and I'm going to let him pronounce it properly in a second, but Ron, as I'm going to call him for the rest of this podcast. And uh, Ron has sort of left Israel uh, a few years ago now and has been traveling since and has been in some interesting places, I know, and has been an e-commerce entrepreneur, growth coach and industrial engineer with a passion for helping businesses succeed. So before I go for the rest of the bio, just please Put the listeners at peace and, and 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 give us your name correctly, as I would pronounce it properly. So, so uh, basically, in in Hebrew, you just say Yaron, which to me sounds pretty easy and straightforward. But <laughs> yeah. I reckon that for non-Israelis, it's not so easy. So, whenever I travel abroad, I just tell people that they can call me Ron, and you're welcome to call me Ron as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think I've tried learning many different languages over the years, and as somebody who is short-tongued, I always struggle with the R. I can't mm-hmm. roll my R. So anything that has an emphasis on the R, any language, <laughs> that's me done because I just can't okay. get it out. So, uh, yeah, listeners, if you can help me with that, please, any tips would be appreciated. So you were you were born and raised in Israel. You served mm-hmm. in the Israeli Special Force as a search and rescue mm-hmm. operator before mm-hmm. pursuing a career in entrepreneurship. What was the shift between uh, special force to being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i mean that's that's quite a shift what what was the reason behind that great question interesting question um it took me very long in order to make the relation to understand the relation between the special forces and my my wantingness to be an entrepreneur um basically everybody in israel like army service is mandatory in israel but yeah. I chose to go to the special forces, so it was like four years long, and and it's voluntarily to go to to the special forces. Um, but I think I I enjoyed the the service in the army. It was very challenging. I learned a lot about myself. I met great people. But one of the things that I didn't like, which I think is pretty obvious, I didn't like the commanders. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like them on a personal level. I just didn't like to obey and I didn't like getting commands from people and I always felt that I was operating out of fear yeah. and later on during life I realized that this might be one of the reasons that what why I want to be like my own boss without anybody giving me uh, instructions or advice and yeah. um, so this is a like a short answer yeah. to your question yeah but, but I think it's, it's an important topic um because yeah, we all get told what to do. You know, we all have mm-hmm. to obey laws. We all get told how to do our taxes, how to you know, be compliant in health and safety. But there's a difference between following rules and guidance and following commands. And I'm like you. Mm-hmm. you know, I've been running my own business now since I was 23 years old, so 32 years now. And I, my wife often says, why don't you go and get a job? Why don't you mm-hmm. go and work for somebody else? I said, I couldn't do it. And like you... It, it's not the fact that I don't take instructions. I don't like taking commands. 
I think you put mm-hmm. that very, very well. So thank you for that. And I can definitely understand that. Um, so you're you're passionate about Stoic philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, personal development, and bodybuilding. Okay, that's an interesting mm-hmm. one because I had an interest in bodybuilding when I was very young. Tell us a little uh-huh. bit more about the Stoic philosophy. Yeah, so I think I, I, I started... It also kind of relates to my whole story. So after the army, I went like all the Israelis, they go traveling. So they go normally traveling for like six months just, you know, to digest the whole experience and and, and yeah. set themselves free in a way. So I went traveling for like two years and I also worked afterwards as, as a bodyguard in Mexico. A lot of Israelis, uh, like special, ex- special forces go to be like bodyguards, which is very uh it's very well compensated and yep. very appreciated by by drug laws and and cartels <laughs> and people yeah. like this. Um, and afterwards, I was kind of I wanted to to understand what should I do next. And I was already twenty six years old and I didn't study yet, which is uncommon in in other countries, but in Israel it's pretty it's pretty normal. And I wasn't sure what should I do, so I started learning online while I started my degree in industrial engineering. And there I stumbled upon um, content related to Stoic philosophy. And it really resonated with me because it was very practical. Uh, mm. I mean, I don't know how, how did, did, I mean, did you study Stoic philosophy? Definitely not. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. So it, in my opinion, most of philosophies are in a way similar. Obviously I'm simplifying, but they they have different nuances. The way that they, they the accessibility and how they approach the person consuming the philosophy. So I consider Stoic philosophy very practical and very, um, very male oriented. So it's very like, okay. in a way, a bit commanding, which is contradictory. Yes. <laughs> it's a contradiction to what we yeah. discussed before. But I, I, I it, it felt very, very um, natural to me. And for me, if I had to enca- encapsulate what this Stoic philosophy means, is is it's it's kind of similar to the Serenity Prayer, which is basically understanding what is within your control and what is with not within your control and only yeah. trying to change what is within your control this is like stoic philosophy in my opinion in one line yeah yeah great and and, and i asked the question because um I, I know you know i've uh, come across it in in my studies uh, over the years but many listeners would be thinking what on earth is stoic philosophy so thank you for giving us that very mm-hmm. simple explanation um so you've got a track record uh, that we'll talk about shortly of bootstrapping and scaling seven-figure seven e-commerce stores whilst traveling the world, which is great. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to you sharing that with us because this is an area where I think for this podcast series, we haven't really tapped into that, that e-commerce side and the flexibility that having an e-commerce business can actually do for you with your traveling and for your lifestyle and your work-life balance which lots of people have talked about but not in the e-commerce but before we do that you know i've got my regular cup of uh, blonde coffee here from from starbucks tell us what coffee you're drinking but then tell us what your favorite coffee is because i know the one you've got isn't your favorite coffee Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it's four o'clock over here. I'm I'm in Pilisi, so normally I do drink my second coffee at four o'clock, but I didn't have time to grab my 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 favorite cappuccino from the store. So I just created, yeah. I just poured myself some uh, Nescafe. Nescafe. I don't know how you pronounce it correctly in English. No, that's uh, perfect. But... Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but normally I I drink a cappuccino. And the funny story with me related to coffee is I didn't drink coffee until I was thirty two years old. 
Uh, because I didn't like it, and I uh, and me and my wife we keep on joking about this that I I, I lost twenty two years of, of my life without drinking <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yes. So I just started drinking recently, and I love cappuccino. Yeah, um, and, and I think that is actually quite common. Uh, some mm-hmm. some countries, you know, I had an Italian guest on, and they were saying that you know, basically around the dinner table in the evening, children get coffee, wow. small coffees. But, and and normally watered down coffee, but they get you know literally eight to nine year old children drinking coffee. Well, which, that's uh, pretty... you know, it's the opposite <laughs> extreme of that. But you know, I, I'm I'm always fascinated when I go into our local Starbucks store in in Newark, the town near where I live, that children don't drink coffee, but they have their own sort of li- little sort of um, like milk based drinks and hot chocolates and things like mm-hmm. that. Just because coffee drinking. Um, isn't just the taste of the coffee is it it's it's the whole social experience of drinking coffee and of course you can drink it with tea and other drinks out there but mm-hmm. yeah uh, i i agree with you i was a little bit late to coffee as well probably not quite as late as that i was probably about <laughs> 23 24 but uh yeah definitely that um so tell us a little bit about the the e-commerce entrepreneur that you've become you know what have you been working on what's been something that's been quite significant for you in recent times Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, basically, I started out as once we fin- once I finished the degree in industrial engineering, um, my wife and I we went traveling, um, because we didn't want to like start the grown up uh, life just yet, uh, mm-hmm. and we were in Thailand on the beach and we were reading the book uh, The Four Hour- Hours Walk by Tim Ferriss, which yeah, yeah. we consider the Bible. And then we said, okay, we must come here as fast as possible. Let's think of a plan to come back to Thailand as fast as possible. So um, we didn't have a plan back then. So I started working in an ads agency. Uh, I was running Facebook ads, spending almost million dollars monthly on a monthly basis. Wow! And I met a friend of mine in, in a pub in, in Tel Aviv, and he showed me like a, a dashboard from his Shopify store, and he told me that he was selling online. And until that moment, I thought that dropshipping and e-commerce were just like uh, a fake scam that gurus are selling and they mm-hmm. get rich by selling the, the method but nobody is able to really make profits yep. from the actual thing uh, but i said okay it's a childhood friend of mine let's give it a go and the morning after my wife and i we built a store we had zero knowledge uh, probably a lot of luck and at the same evening we got our first sale and this is the moment that we realized uh, we it's possible to make money online and from there on we started building the store and since i also worked in a nine-to-five job which uh, I was also spending a decent amount of money on Facebook ads. I used that knowledge I gained in my nine to five job to spend ads on my own business. And this is okay. how we scaled our business. It, it, it took like two years for us to feel confident enough to quit our jobs and, and go full on uh, this journey. Um, but after that, we we, we, we scaled the store. We sold approximately in the revenue was almost $4 million dollars. And wow. just selling different products online. Um, but in the last year or so, I've been kind of moving away from the e-commerce business and more providing growth services, um, yeah. marketing services to different companies. Um, does this answer your question? It does, absolutely. And, and I'm intrigued because when I think of e-commerce, and, and like you said there, you've got your perception of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues I see with things like Shopify or selling something uh, on Amazon is mm-hmm. that, and I see lots of people do it, um, you're selling a product and you've got to focus on fulfillment. 
you know, you've got to buy the products, you've got to stock the products, you've got to dispatch the products. How did you cope with that initial, um, I suppose, tasks of getting those kind of elements of it done? Because that doesn't seem like something that I could do on a four hour work. I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan, by the way. So I've got his book up behind me and Tribe of Mentors is another good one uh, of his. But, you know, how did you cope with those initial tasks? That seems like quite a steep learning curve. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. And I I, I was actually um, coaching uh, one of the the women that I coached the other day. I told her about how we started. And back in the days, we didn't have any automations. So we started out dropshipping and we had, let's say, 100 orders on a daily basis. And what we had to do, we had to copy and paste the customer details, like first name, last name, zip code, address, phone number, everything into AliExpress and manually and and make sure that the supplier sends the stuff to the end customer. So sometimes it was like 100 orders on a daily basis and my wife used to do it and she was crying while she was doing it because it was like so tedious. (laughs) So I asked my dad to help me out with building an automation. So he helped me out, um, but there was like a capture to be solved. So there was always stuff that we need to figure out. So, uh, until we we started hiring uh, virtual assistants uh, via Apple and Fiverr, and they kind yeah. of decreased the workload. Um, but today, I feel that there are many many solutions that kind of solve everything uh, and make the whole process way way easier. It is correct that you need to take care of many aspects. You have the fulfillment, you have the email marketing, you have the retention, the operation, the analytics. There is a lot of moving yeah. parts. Um, but this is why I believe that starting an e-commerce business gives you so much knowledge because you get to touch uh, different aspects of the game. Um, mm. And yeah, you just you just start, do mistakes, correct, and and refine the process. You know, there is, yeah. there is no shortcut. No, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because <laughs> there's a few people thinking, because you, you see so many people, don't you, selling done-for-you courses where, you know, mm-hmm. you know make a, uh, you know, 100,000, dollars a week by following my program for doing this and I'm, I'm always skeptical so i think you know there is no magic wand there is no shortcut and i remember reading arnold schwarzenegger's book uh, his autobiography total recall totally many years ago it. yeah <laughs> and you hear the story about him when he was doing the supplements and uh-huh. his apartment was just full of boxes of supplements and uh-huh. anybody who's starting out in in e-commerce i always think where would i put all the stuff you know and yeah, how how did you cope with that stocking? Because that's the thing that's very very difficult for operators. So was it direct to suppliers to customers, or did you stock anything and have anything in your garage yourself? Yeah, so e-commerce is a very broad definition um, mm. for many types of businesses. So um, we started out dropshipping. Dropshipping means it's very low. It, it, it's very low upfront cost because you don't hold inventory. And whenever a customer buys from your storefront, you just ask the supplier to ship the product directly to the customer. So you don't hold inventory at all. Also within the dropshipping game, I call this game, there are different types of of businesses. You have like the dropshipping in your own storefront, like Shopify, WooCommerce, et cetera. And you have dropshipping in the marketplaces, Walmart, Amazon, et cetera. So there are very small and minute nuances for every type of of, of business. So e-commerce is a very broad definition. But to answer your question, we did mostly dropshipping. And afterwards, we right. hired a free PL, which is a warehouse in, in the UK that held all the inventory. Ah, right. okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I've got a couple of clients who uh, have 
somebody who will fulfill the orders for mm -hmm. them and they bite in, they keep it and then they ship it out. And it always seems to be a bit of a nightmare. They're always moving from one to the other because, you know, they start off well and then they, the service drops off. I'm sure there's some great ones out there, but uh, yeah. So you, you've gone from special forces, search and rescue, uh, I think uh, was what, what you mentioned. What kind of skills do you think were transferable from what you experienced in that period of your life into the e-commerce entrepreneur that you are now? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, let me think. Probably um, just not giving up. I know it's, it sounds like a cliche. And it's, know, you know, very, very, very easy. But I think, to be honest, uh, you mentioned Arnold and uh, Arnold is very, it's one of the people that inspired me the most. And he speaks so often about just putting in the repetitions and the volume. Yeah. And this is something that I, I believe in also in business, that you just have to put in a ton of work and, and volume. Obviously, smart work, it's better and maybe using code and automations. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, it's mostly about volume and also in the army. So let's say you want to learn a new skill. So they just had us, let's say, firing a weapon. So they just had us practicing 16 hours a day. So yeah. obviously after one month, you ha already have the 10,000 hours, you know, this uh, cliche. So you get yeah. it, you know, so not giving up and just putting in the repetitions and time to grow. So I think this is one of the main, the main things that I learned uh, from the army. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and I think you're right, because I think too many of us as entrepreneurs let all the other stuff that we need to do get in the way of the repetition. So it mm -hmm. takes us way way much longer than we anticipated because we just haven't had the discipline um mm -hmm. to actually put in those repetitions yeah uh, yeah and it's one of my favorite uh, books one of my favorite business books as well i, I just love uh -huh. his laser focus on where he wanted to go what he wanted to achieve he let nothing divert him from his yeah. purpose did he it was an exceptional book so from a point of view of how you've seen things changed and obviously now you're doing more of the coaching and helping people with mm -hmm. their marketing what have you seen change in your business and perhaps in the world of e-commerce in recent times yeah so i think uh, the main the main reason why i decided to kind of leave the e-commerce game um and i think it's a it's a huge change was the ios update which happened i think about 18 18 months ago more or less yeah. in which um the results in Facebook, most of the people who were using paid media were relying heavily on Facebook ads. I mean, at least those who didn't diversify, and I think it's 90, 95% of the people. Yeah. And when Apple presented the iOS update, uh, it kind of um, changed the results in, in uh, that Facebook ads could produce. And this meant that you couldn't be, in my opinion, in most cases, it was very hard to be profitable on the front end. Yeah. So this made the whole game, in my opinion, I'm I'm always stating it's my opinion, my observation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it became very capital intensive, and you had to have uh, like cash flow because you couldn't be uh, positive on the front end. So you had to only using the lifetime value. When customers later yeah. on bought again, you could um, get the money that you spend on the ads. So this, in my opinion, changed the game. So if you were not capital heavy or work relying on organic traffic, 
uh, if you just rely on, on paid media, you're in trouble because you're going to have a gap between the amount you pay for acquiring the customer and the time until he pays uh, back the money and you become profitable. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, Wong, um, because I know one of my marketing coaches quite some time ago when we were talking about Facebook ads and I was very anti-Facebook ads and I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Facebook ads mm-hmm. then and and now uh, even more so, but you know, because I, 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 I'm quite happy with that scenario that you just given there. But when Tacky first told me about Facebook ads, he basically said, Facebook ads don't cost you anything because mm-hmm. as soon as you get the ad there, the ads should pay for themselves. And I never quite understood that until you explained it. So it, mm-hmm. it's that upfront, isn't it? You know, if those ads are working in the way that it was before, then they literally are covering their cost almost immediately where now they definitely don't. And I completely agree with that, you know, and mine is probably six to eight weeks from when I get the spend on the ad to getting a result and a payment uh-huh. from a customer for it as well. So yeah, it, from a cash flow point of view, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Interesting. And it, it, uh, it, it, uh, it needs to be emphasized that it depends on the business. So let's say you're selling high ticket. So there's no issue because if you're, if you're, you're selling a course that is uh, a course that is 500 K five uh, K uh, sorry. So you're probably going to be able to do, to find a customer. And if your offer is good, you're probably able to be, to find a customer for five K uh, and the cost is going to be less. But if you're selling yeah. like I did low ticket drop shipping, so, so product for 30 bucks, this is going to be become an issue. Yeah. So it's not that Facebook ads is not good, but it it didn't fit my strategy. Yeah. And 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 I'll just explain a little bit more what Taki mentioned. Well, I'll be interested in your technique because he his idea was that you sold the high ticket, but what mm-hmm. you did, you sold a tripwire product on Facebook mm-hmm. ads, which was low cost. Yeah. And you sold something for $40, $30 using Facebook ads, and then the cost of that low-ticket product that people paid for immediately, mm-hmm. that then covered the cost of the ads, and the people that took the product, then you sold to the high ticket. Yeah, And that's where I think what you're saying and what I've experienced as well is that those low tickets now don't come in as regularly and as upfront as they did before, mm-hmm. so, which is now why I don't I don't sell the, the low tripwire. Mm-hmm. I just go from Facebook ad through a chat process to the high mm-hmm. ticket because yeah. the the low ticket bit doesn't generate you the, the cost to cover mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So um, what kind of services do you think people are looking for that are in the e-commerce world that are looking for marketing help that you can help them with? What, what have you found that people are most struggling with at the moment and looking for a solution for? Um. This is also a great question. It really depends because a lot of people approach me and they want me to teach them dropshipping. And these these are mostly beginners and it, yep. it makes a, a lot of sense. People want to start a new business. People want to quit their nine to five. But um, from an, an integrity po- uh, point of view, I, I always tell them what I told you. It's not as easy as it was. Yeah. And you need to realize that if you want to take this seriously, you need to build a business plan. You need to allocate at least five or 10K um, just spending investing in the business and, and realizing that it's going not going to be like a, an overnight success. Yeah. Uh, so this is one one crowd of people that come uh, and want e-commerce advice. And the other crowd of people is mostly, you know, successful businesses 
that want to scale their store so they can ask for gotcha. um, CRO advice which is optimizing the, the the funnel they can ask for creating creatives better Facebook ad efficiency so different different strokes for different folks yeah yeah and that's that's a great <laughs> great comment uh, and I think people you mentioned something there about the imagery you know I, I know a lot of people that have created e-commerce uh, ventures usually because they've got a store a physical store and they want to go online and sell their mm. stuff online which is a great way because they've already got the stock but they underestimate the importance of that user interface because just mm -hmm. having a list of products with details of the products and the prices isn't enough is it you know you've got mm -hmm. to create a great shopping experience just as you would in your store your physical store in your e-commerce store is that is that something you find as well yeah for sure and and, and i often use the the analogy that you said your your product page is just a scalable salesman so yeah. I, it, you wouldn't take someone from the street and put them in the store and, and ask them to sell stuff. No. You know, you need to give them uh, like common objections that the customer might have. You need yeah. to acquire them with the knowledge regarding the product. You need to tell them what are the benefits that they should they, they should convey to the customers. Yeah. So this is stuff that you also need to have in your product page or, or landing page, whatever, however you call it, different people call it differently. But this is, <laughs> this is, I also observed this as well, that many, many stores that mostly wholesale stores or stores with many products, they don't take the time to invest in building uh, product pages that are, that might convert. They just throw, throw the, the features, they have the SKU and, you know, very generic yeah. stuff. And the likelihood of that converting is pretty low in my opinion. Yeah, and then they blame the developer who created the e-commerce store, don't they? Saying, you know, it's just not selling. Well, no, because you're not selling it, are you? No. Exactly. So, yeah, completely agree. So um, you've given us an insight there into what you do and the two sets of people that you can help. Mm -hmm. If the listeners want to reach out to you, find out more about what you do, um, what might they find and where's the best place that we can send them to that are listening to this podcast? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually not only focused on e-commerce. I'm uh, I I try to follow my curiosity, and since the Facebook ads um, kind of became more expensive, I tried to to learn different methods to acquiring customers. So I've been yeah. diving deeper into the world of automations. Um, I'm using a lot of different automations, scraping, using code yeah. to get to customers. So I'm not only focused on B two C. I'm actually shifting my focus to B two B as well. Um, but if people want to reach out to me or learn more about me, they can just look up Ecomex Factor. I, I also have a podcast, uh, probably okay. not as good as yours because you <laughs> ask great questions. Um, but they can look up your uh, Ecomex Factor. They can find the website at ecomxf.com. And I, I will also ask you requests from you to share it in the show notes. And I'm yep, sure we that definitely will. will. We definitely <laughs> they will. Can yeah. find me also over LinkedIn. So it's I'm pretty I'm pretty much available. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm happy to hop on a quick call and just uh, offer like strategy or see where I can help because it's not only confined to like Facebook ads or stuff like this. I, I think I have a pretty broad overview of, of what can be done. Yeah. 
And, and I think the word, the, there's a current word, isn't it? It's a bit trendy at the moment. You know, authentic was the word from two years ago. Everybody was trying to be authentic. Now everybody's building ecosystems, aren't they? So uh, mm -hmm. you've got the complete ecosystem, not just the Facebook part, but you've got the whole the whole ecosystem that can help people. Mm -hmm. um, so if people want to find you on LinkedIn, just, just spell out your name for us. I know we did the pronunciation bit, but let's just get <laughs> the listeners spelling it correctly so we know who we're searching for as well. Okay, so it's Y-A-R-O-N space yeah. Bean, which is B-E-E-N, not to be right. confused with Mr. Bean, which is B-E-A-N. Uh, yeah, so B-E-E-N, great. Correct. Um, fantastic. So we know where we can go. We know where we can connect with you. And I'm sure, listeners, you're going to find some great uh, insights and uh, you know, information there as, as well. Um Final question then, uh, before we come to the uh, the exit question, but you know, if you were to give the listeners one tip, one lesson that they could take away from today's podcast, that they could actually do something with in, in any area. So you know, you can pick anything, whether it's the lifestyle that you've lived and the balance that you've now created, or whether it's e-commerce, or whether it's anything else automation-wise. If you could give the listeners one tip or lesson to take away from today's episode, what would that be? Hmm probably listen to the podcast by Naval Ravikant, which is called How to Get Rich. This is a okay. piece of content that I go back to every three or four months. I think I listened to it already hundred times, more or less. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a three hours, almost four hours long piece of, of gold. So yeah. definitely check that out because everything I'm saying, I'm kind of trying to rephrase what he said. In my opinion, he's, he's such a bright person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's quite important, isn't it? Because, you know, when you look at the, the world, uh -huh. most of the stuff that we talk about and we uh, we tell people that isn't new. It's just our perspective, our uh, style of what somebody else has already talked about and probably talked about for you know a long while. You know, a lot of this stuff isn't new. So so we've got the name. Of, give us the name of your podcast as well. You know, listeners, you need to go and find Ron's podcast as well. So where, where do we find your podcast? What's the name um, of it? If, if you, if if I may, may also just uh, mm. add one comment regarding what you said. So one thing that I loved about the Stoic philosophy, which we discussed at the beginning, yeah. is one of the most famous Stoic books. It's called Meditation by Marcus Aurelius, and he was a Caesar in Rome at the two hundred two thousand years ago, and yeah. he had a daily journal in which he wrote every everything and wow. his thoughts and. It is widely available, and the mind-blowing thing is you can see his journal, and you can see you can see that he thinks exactly the same as we do, and he he yeah. he encounters the same struggles. Yeah. So nothing changed, and this no. is why I love I love the Stoic philosophy. Um, uh, just closing this comment. Yes, no, no, asked, no, I like so... that. Yeah, and, and that's important, isn't it? Because you know, a lot of people, I think we we are in an age where we, to be different, we've got to be seem to be doing something new and something unique. Mm. But very often it's what we say is the way we're doing it that's new, unique, because very often what we actually are doing isn't new and unique. But mm -hmm. we do have to stand out from the crowd, don't we? So, uh, yeah, sure. it's great great to know it's been around for that long. Yeah, so the na name of your podcast then. Yeah, thanks e for sharing E-commerce factor, pretty, pretty yeah. straightforward. It's part of the ecosystem. E-commerce e yeah. factor as well. Great, great. So, listeners, you know where to go for, for for Ron's podcast. Final question then, and you've given us some some great value here and some good insights uh, into diff lots of different aspects, really. But if you could have your next coffee and you could share that coffee with 
somebody who is uh, living or dead. Yeah, it mm-hmm. might be the person you just mentioned, but you know, who would that person be, and what one question would you love to ask them? Well, um, it 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 would either be Naval, Ravikant, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Marcus Aurelius, or <laughs> or, or Tim Ferriss. So we we already mentioned all four of them. Yeah, but regarding. <laughs> Yeah, pick, I'm not pick sure one. regarding the question. Uh, okay, <laughs> you're going to have a coffee. Have to... You're going to have a coffee. You're going to ask the one question. Who would it be and what would um, the question be? Wow. Um, probably Arnold. Yeah. Um, when can we meet on a weekly basis? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. While he's still got time left, because I looked the other day, and I think he's 75 years old now, isn't he? Which yeah. I hope I look like that. Well, I would love to look like that now, never mind when I'm 75. So, uh, yeah, when can we meet on a weekly basis? I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that the next question wouldn't be, and how much would it cost? <laughs> <laughs> when can we meet for free on a weekly basis? That's that's the better question. Yeah, that's the better question. Definitely. And uh and Arnie, if you're ever listening to this podcast, there you have it. His details will be in the show notes. Let him know. Let him know. Look, you've been an absolute fantastic guest. We've had a real blast. Uh we'll make sure the links are put in the show notes. Um and yeah, you've given us some great things to take away and some good ideas as well on what it's like to be an entrepreneur in the sectors that you've been in and and how you've moved on from that as well now. So thank you for being such an amazing guest. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And listeners, you've only got two things to do now. One, leave us a review. Tell us what you thought of the podcast. And two, go out and do something with what you've heard in this podcast. You know, take what you've learned, take what Ron has shared with you and do something with it. Whether it's something small, something big, take action. Because if you take action, then we've just had a really good chat and we've wasted our time. If you take action, we know we've served our purpose and we've served you as well. So as always, listeners, thanks for being on this episode and look forward to having you listen to the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.